Hey, this is Dan Henderson. And if you want to create a life with more money, more meaning and more freedom, you have to listen to the shit you don't learn in college podcasts with my good friend, Xander Fryer. How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another great episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, I've got a guest from down under, Dan Henderson. Dan worked in the corporate world for two and a half years before becoming an entrepreneur, and he has now been an entrepreneur for over 15 years. He started in the personal training space, then he got into functional med education, and now he teaches business coaches to starting fit pros. He's made millions of dollars in multiple industries and across multiple decades, and now he runs three businesses, all while running a household of three kids as well. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Dan's going to dig into the three character traits of successful people, the one book that he uses to dictate success as an entrepreneur, how to stand in your power as a leader, even if you never thought of yourself as a leader, and how to develop a great relationship with money. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. Every week, my team goes through our reviews. And for every five-star review, we plant a tree and restore the rainforest of Madagascar and provide a child in India one year of e-learning. So when you give us a review, you're giving back too. All right. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer back here with another great episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Uh, and today we've got my good buddy Dan Henderson on. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, my man. I'm very excited for our time together. Dan, I'm excited because you you sound like you're not from here. Um, <laughs> you're from that amazing land across the world where my wife is from. You're in Sydney, Australia. Um, so I'm really excited to talk to you because I, I miss talking Australians with all this COVID stuff going on, but, uh, really grateful that you hopped on on a Saturday morning, by the way. Thank you, man. No, it's, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, this is as close as we get these days to actually, uh, hanging out, uh, which is unfortunate, but, uh, hopefully I'll see you down, down under very soon, my man. Yep, absolutely. So Dan, for, for everybody who doesn't know Dan Henderson, um, you know, I'd love, you know, we're going to dig into, you know, you as an entrepreneur, your background in the health and fitness space, uh, what you're doing now. And I, I think there's a lot of tips that I want to dig into, especially around like you run three businesses and you have three kids. I don't know what the number three means to you, but I think that's just the way you do things. Um, but I I'd love for everybody to just get a little bit of a background around Dan, you know, the last 15 years of being an entrepreneur and how you got to where you are today, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure. I'll give you the express version, Xander. So 
I um look, I went to college or, or university as we call it down. Yep. Under, uh, I did a sport and exercise management degree. That wasn't enough. So I went and did an honors degree in human movement, went into the corporate world for about two and a half years and just wasn't filling my cup. It just wasn't lighting yeah. me up. And so that's when I just started a little PT business on the side, a little personal training business. And before too long, I was like, here's a massive gap right now in the market. High quality personal training wasn't around. I knew I could do it better. I knew I could do it more professionally. So I started a tiny little personal training studio, uh, all of about 35 square meters, uh, which is very, <laughs> very small. And, uh, and before long, I just fell in love with just being my own boss, uh, really running my own race. And I learned so much about myself. I learned more in the first year of running my business than I did in my five years of university. I learned a lot about business. I learned a lot about people. And for me, business has been the greatest teacher in the world. Uh, that business took off. So I had this tiny little shop. I took over the shop next door. I took over the shop next door. And before long, uh, we were doing well over half a million dollars in that facility, running uh, hundreds of sessions. And I wasn't doing too much in it either. I'd really systemized it out, built a great team. And that led me to another business which was an education business called Functional Training Institute. And essentially what I did is I saw that the standards weren't that high for personal trainers globally. I thought they could be a lot better. And so yeah. I wanted to be the change. And I created a series of programs, uh, both face-to-face -face and digital online. Uh, and we did a whole bunch of license deals. We did a whole bunch of delivery deals. And uh, that business is still going strong 12 years later. Uh, I'm still a director and an owner of that, although I'm not really involved in the day-to-day. -day. And because I love business so much, I decided that I wanted to teach more people about business. And that's where decided I decided you weren't done and you wanted to talk more business to more people. That's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly right. So now I have the great pleasure of coaching uh, well over 100 people. Most people are in the fitness kind of health wellness space out of that. Uh, there are a few other industries, but that's primarily where I coach right now. So that's, that's amazing, uh, that's man. Run down. So, so a couple, couple quick questions that I kind of have as we're going through that story. First, you mentioned you mentioned when you were in the corporate world, you were in the corporate world for two and a half years. I was in for about five years, so I'm somehow I made it longer than you. I'm not sure how. Um, <laughs> I'm just far more intolerant than you are, Xander. I, good, good. That's a good thing. Um, but actually, that's that's a really good point, right? Like I always tell people, I was really close to becoming a lifer. Right. Because I was a little bit tolerant of like the, you know, what I was being put through. And I'm, I'm always jealous of people like you that are just like, man, I, I just can't do this shit. Like I'm out. Um, but I would love to know what, what, what was there a moment for you when you were like, cause you said this just wasn't filling my cup. Like, yeah. what was it that really got you to that point where like, you were like, nah, like I just can't do this. You know what? It felt like work. That's, that's, yeah. that, that was the moment I, I had a, there was a, the owner of that business, the corporate company, he was a very wise guy, great mentor actually. And he said, Dan, the moment that this feels like work is the moment that you get out of here. And that's Ooh. what it felt like. I was looking at forward. I was like, when are my holidays? When are the public holidays? I was trying to find, but that's, see, that's what most people think is normal, right? Shouldn't it, it is work. Shouldn't it feel like work? Yeah, yeah, and that's right. And that's so we've got to reframe what is normal. And for yeah. me, I was waking up and I'm like, this isn't a life. This isn't this isn't yeah. normal to me. This is not getting me excited. 
I wanted to build a life where I leap out of bed of a morning. I throw that doona off and I'm like, bam, let's get, to, let's get working. By the way, for, for all the Americans, a doona is a comforter. <laughs> Just so you're aware, I've, I've had to have this discussion with my wife probably every week to try and figure out why she's putting dinner on our bed. Um, just doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, sorry, Dan, continue. Yeah. And so I, thank you for that clarification. I, I need to know this from my American audience. Uh, so I wanted to leap out of it. I wanted to, I wanted to get to work on things that excited me that really, you know, when I closed my eyes, that's all I could think about. And so that's when I knew the moment was right. And I've had to, I've, I've, I've really taken heed of that. Um, you know, that's happened a few times, even in my own businesses, uh, I've sold multiple businesses and it's like, this is the time to get out because it's no longer lighting that fire within. And uh, yeah. I recognize that I need to act on that because otherwise I'm going to be resentful. Uh, I'm going, it's going to feel laborious and it's going to feel like how people define work. I think that's so important because I think there's a lot of people listening to this that are just like, well, what do you mean? I didn't realize there was anything else, but the reality is like work doesn't have to feel like work. And once you realize that, life really starts to open up. So that's amazing. Absolutely. So, so you, you get out of, you get out of the corporate gig, you start your business. Um, and, and you mentioned it, it really started to take off, right? So are you just, are you just naturally good at entrepreneurialism? Like talk to me about like how that really happened for you. Definitely not. Definitely not. So it's, yeah. uh, I, look, first 12 months, it was a real struggle for me because I didn't know what I didn't know. And yeah. I, all of a sudden, you know, I had a couple of good skills. I was good with people. And so that immediately meant that I could build a good clientele, but I didn't know how a lot about marketing. I didn't know a ton about sales. I didn't know a lot about management, leadership, uh, you know, accounting, interpreting yeah. data, all of these hats. So I'm wearing a thousand different hats. And, you know, in first 12 months, I remember it pretty clearly because it wasn't all smooth. As much as I was enjoying it, uh, I was actually drowning. I was overwhelmed because... Yep. I was wearing all these hats and naturally I'm a really hard worker. I've always had multiple jobs and everything else, but it was almost to my detriment. And yeah. so I was really, you know, after the first 18 months, I was on the, I was on the precipice of burnout. I really was. Yeah. And that's when I realized there's got to be a smarter way. There's got to be a better way. And so I really dedicated myself to finding that smarter and better way. And that was through hiring great mentors. It was hiring great coaches. It was hanging around people like that environmental influence where people had already walked the path that I wanted to walk down. Yeah. And so I could learn from immersion and I could learn from them. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, it really took me five years to work myself out of that studio completely, but I was making a six-figure income by not working in it, which then afforded me the opportunity to go and develop other opportunities as well. So yeah. it definitely wasn't snap your fingers. It all happened naturally. Uh, but I recognized my- We, we always wish it was, oh, but- uh, boy, do I, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I recognized my weaknesses and, uh, and I addressed them. And, and I really yeah. did. And I also leveraged the strengths that I did have and yeah, I, as I said, it's been a, it's been a great teacher for me business because I've learned a thousand times more than I did in my five years of university. Like uh, that's uh, yeah, a lot more. Yeah. You know, I always tell people like, you can't, you can't like, if you're trying to learn how to swim, you're only going to learn so much from a textbook. You have to jump in the pool and, and try to swim and flounder for a little bit. Um, you mentioned, 
you, you mentioned you mentioned you know hiring mentors, and I think that's you know this is a, a theme that always comes up whenever we talk about entrepreneurialism and building lives with more more meaning. Um, I think one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have is like to be successful, you have to like there's like this bravado of like I got to do it on my own, right? And you're telling me that one of the qualities that you had that really helped you be successful is like you, you saw your own faults and you realized you weren't the best, and you went and found someone to help you fix those things. Is that right? Absolutely. And I still do, you know, like, um, one of my coaches and great mentors is a friend of ours, Craig Ballantyne. So essentially what I will do is I, will Who, by the way, might be the most referenced person on my podcast because he's the mentor to, I guess, everybody <laughs> now, like, I don't know. Well, he's that good. He is the most connected man as well. So yeah, look, I identified where I was weak and the, and I found mentors that were really strong in those areas. I also found mentors that were a couple of rungs up the ladder from where I was. So every time yeah. I'm like, all right, this mentor right now, like I've got a coaching business of a hundred. This coach, this mentor right now is a coaching business of a thousand. I can learn from him on how to scale uh, and how to get to that point. And I've always had a coach. So for the last 12 plus years, I've had multiple coaches in many different spaces. And I definitely wouldn't have accomplished what I have to this point without them. There's no doubt. Uh, so what, what would you say for, for someone who doesn't have a mentor? It's, it's very clear that we need mentors. Like I have, I think I have two or three mentors at any point in time. Like you mentioned, it's very clear. We need mentorship to be successful. What would you say to somebody who's first starting off who doesn't have a mentor to, to maybe find someone they should be working with? Yeah, look, and I mean, mentors can take many different shapes as well. So you can pay for a coach and you have intensive time with them. You might be in one of their coaching programs. It might be actually just reaching out to someone and connecting with them and you know trying to actually build a relationship with them. It might be actually getting to know them through their content, their podcasts, their videos, yeah. their books, uh, their articles and everything else. So it can take form, it can take shape in many forms. But what I would definitely recommend is if you are starting out, have a look at where you want to be and have a look at who's accomplished that because I look at mentorship and coaching as a form of time travel. I will learn from their mistakes. I will, it will expedite the journey for me because I'll just do it quicker than them because they'll know all the pitfalls and what to look out yeah. for and they'll know what works as well. So yeah, there's a host of really good people out there. And the great thing about today's world is we get to, we, we get to have relationships with them long before we start working with them as well. So if there's some people that you resonate with, if there's people that are already a couple of steps ahead, start reaching out to them, start interacting on their content, start supporting that content and start building that relationship. You know, most of the people that I coach, they know me really well because I built a relationship with them through my content and through my outreach for a long period of time. They feel really comfortable. There's trust, there's respect, there's rapport. Then we start working together as well. Yeah, I love that. And, and you, you use the, the term time travel, right? Which I absolutely <laughs> love. Like, well, you've, you've, you've spent 15 years becoming Dan Henderson and learning all that you've had to learn to, to get to the level that you're at. And somebody can shortcut those 15 years just by working directly with you and getting the, the Cliff Notes version of it, right? 100%. Like, uh, you know, when people work with me, uh, they, are, they are learning from 15 years of mistakes, 15 years of lessons. <laughs> And really, we can just make it a lot less painful uh, for them. And, uh, and they can just, you know, take the winning path. I love that. 
So speaking of speaking of 15 years experience as an entrepreneur, I think I'm sure you've seen a lot of entrepreneurs come into the game, go out of the game, come back into the game. And, and this is something that we see a lot. Um, you know, what's what are maybe a couple of the characteristics that have allowed you to be successful in multiple industries, multiple environmental shifts across, uh, you know, the better part of two decades? What, what are some of the characteristics that have really helped you there? One thing we've referenced a lot, and it's definitely, it's the attribute, like I feel privileged because I've gone and presented and coached well over 5,000 people in, in a dozen countries. Uh, and the number one attribute that will determine how successful they are is their mindset. And it's whether they embody a growth mindset. So, you know, Carol yeah. Dweck's book sums it up beautifully. And that's it. Like if you see yourself as malleable, if you see yourself as you know there's great opportunity to learn and grow in anything then you're going to be successful so that for me is something that i want to embody that i'm always a work in progress that i'm always developing that i'm always uh progressing so that would definitely be one uh second is do great work like i know it sounds really basic but in our space in the coaching space it's fairly crowded particularly in the fitness and, and health coaching space, but there's always room for people at the top. So, you know, one of my things love is how, that. Can I, how can I do it better? Yes, it's crowded, but how can I do it better than everybody else? How can I create a better experience? How can I create a better result? How can I create a better product? And so I'm constantly looking for solutions to do so. I'm, I'm hiring people to audit my courses, my coaching, I'm doing whatever it takes. So my product is not good. It's great. Uh, and I did yeah. the same in, in every business I had is like, I don't want a good product. I want a great product. I want a world-class product. And so it's, I it's so funny. You mentioned that. I remember talking to Tom Bilyeu about this because he you know started quest in the middle of like, you know, there are hundred different bar companies out there and he started quest and everybody told him not to do it. There's no room in the space. And I remember talking to him about this and he said, there's always room for the best. Always. It's, it's such a good motto because if you immediately have reservations and go, oh, that's too crowded, uh, then you're already like, you're already defeated at that point. But, you know, people would go find a hungry market. Well, yeah, maybe it's been serviced, but it's just not being serviced well. It could be serviced yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. Richard, Richard Branson's the king of that, right? Go find a hungry market and serve them in a better way shift Absolutely. the industry yeah such a good mentality such a good motto so there are a couple of the things that have served me really well xander and continue to serve me well um i also think one of the things is i i give a lot to my team i give a lot to my people so i don't take them for granted i treat them like family uh they are you know without my team uh, i couldn't do what i do and so i'm always looking at ways to support to progress and to help them on their journey. I know that they might not be with me forever. That's absolutely okay. Yeah. But if I can equip them with the knowledge, the skills, the experience, so they can flourish in their career, then, and at the same time, mutually benefit me, then that's a win-win. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. I'd love to dig into how you lead and manage your team, because I think it's, it's unique and it's different than, you know, kind of the old school way of doing things. Like, um, you know, uh, how, do, how do you view what you do as, as different as a leader? Like what makes you such a good leader? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a good leader. I'm saying, I would say I'm a, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a work in progress from a leader. That might be what makes you such a good leader. <laughs> uh, look with leadership, uh, I've always shied away from leadership. I really have. Yeah. And I've been thrust into leadership positions wherever I am from school 
college, I was always thrust into leadership positions. So there's obviously some innate leadership qualities there, uh, but I shied away from it. And in the last 18 months, I said, no, I need to stand up as a leader. Uh, I'm a leader of a movement. I'm a leader of my community. Uh, I'm a leader for many in an industry. And so stop shying away from it because you think you have a particular stereotype of what a leader should be. And, you know, a leader, you have your own unique leadership style. There's not a uniform cookie cutter approach that you must adopt as a leader. So there's four different leadership types. There's, you know, there's the really uh, charismatic leader. There's people that lead by example. And so I've just, that's been comforting to me because now I find a leadership style that works for me. Uh, One of the big things like one of the big characteristics for me is leading by example. That's yeah. more through my actions uh, and less through my words. So if I want, you know, if I have an expectation or a standard for my business, then I better embody that in every. Yeah, you have to, you have to exemplify it. You absolutely do. And the other thing is, if I can't lead myself, then how am I going to lead others? So I'm making sure that you know I'm leading myself every single day. Uh, and trying to create the best version of Dan. Uh, the other thing as well is really just vision first, but how can you help someone accomplish their individual vision within your company vision as well and really work yeah. with the people on accomplishing and achieving that. So, so it's, it's a really altruistic thing here, right? It's not, it's not all about like me and my vision. It's like, I want to make sure you're achieving your goals, your vision as well. Absolutely. And I want to create ways. I want to cultivate ways that I can help someone progress and flourish and grow within my organization. So, um, you know, I want to make sure that there's really good professional development. I want to make sure that there's really good personal development. I want to make sure that they're exposed to opportunities. I want to make sure that they're pushed to expand their skills and they're out of their comfort zone. And so I want to create an environment that delivers that. That's amazing. So, leadership obviously leading others this kind of uh you talked about like leading by example now you also have three kids right <laughs> so so you don't you don't just lead a team of of 20 plus you also lead a family um how do you how do you balance the three businesses and the three kids and you know b- being a good father and a husband and like all that you're doing yeah look it's i i, I would lie if i said it's easy xander uh, that would be, <laughs> I would be letting people down if I said it was easy. It is, it is super challenging. And like this week is yeah. a perfect example. My daughter, my youngest is two. She's been really sick. And so that means I've had to be really flexible. I've had to work from home a lot more. I've had to pick her up from mother-in-laws. I've had to drop her to mother-in-laws. I've had to take time off. I've had to reschedule calls and everything else. So it's not easy. It's not just this nice structured linear path that looks the same each and every you know day and week. Uh, the main thing is organization. Uh, and this is why I gravitate towards people like Craig because that structure really does help. The more structured I am, the more structured my partner and I are, then the better everything becomes because she's also a professional. She's a doctor. So, you know, we've got, we're balancing a lot. And so we need to be ridiculously structured and planned out. Now that means everything. That means planning when we're going to have date nights. It means planning our exercise and movement. It means planning our meals. It means planning our shopping. It means planning uh, when we're going to take the kids out. Like, and when we don't do that, 
then it falls apart. And so that is the key to it uh, is regular communication, lots and lots of meetings uh, in terms of making sure we're clear on who's doing what and when. Um, And that helps. Does it mean it's smooth all the time? No, hell no. Uh, But it does help a lot. The other thing that we're good at and we're getting, we've become much better at is we're just asking for a lot more help. And right now we have a cleaner, we have babysitters, we have gardeners. I'm not good at this stuff. I don't particularly enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) So I would like to delegate, like particularly like the cleaning and the gardening and things like that to then enable me to spend the time on the businesses with my team, with my family, with my partner. Um, and so we're getting, I, have, I have this, this image of you with like your, your cleaners and your gardeners and they're like doing the cleaning and gardening and you're helping, giving them like business advice on how to grow their cleaning and gardening business. And, and, and it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's helpful for everybody. Well, we had a, we just did a huge renovation, uh, last year. We've got the dream house. Um, and there I was coaching my builder and he's just like, uh, I was telling you exactly what to do and how to do it. I think, uh. I think he appreciated it or maybe not. Uh, but yeah, look, the, the answer to your question is just structure. Like it really is structure, yeah. delegation, um, prioritization. Uh, they're really important within it. Uh, and boundaries, that would be the other thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's that's the only way it works. Is it chaotic at times? Absolutely. But it's a lot less chaotic when you have those frameworks in place. Yeah, boundaries with a two-year-old. Good luck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so let's talk about business a little bit. I mean, you, you, you now coach hundreds of business owners. Um, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on maybe the, the top one or two tips for, for somebody looking to get into entrepreneurialism or they're a starting entrepreneur looking to grow and scale, uh, maybe save them that 12 months of, of headache that you had to go through. What would you, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah. Uh, look, well, you said it really well before where you got to, you got to stop reading from the textbook and you got to get into the pool, right? So I think a lot of people like the idea of it, but fear uh, really, it's a, it's a set of shackles and they don't do yeah. it because of that fear. And what I would say on that is really, I, I take a lot from stoicism and go, you know, what's the worst case scenario? All right, well, it fails. You still got your health. You still got your family. You still got... You know, you, you could go back into a job if need be. So release the shackles and get in and get into the game. Like get off the sideline and get into the game uh, would be, you know, burn the boats is, is what I say to a lot of people. Yeah. Like, right now, you're, you're, you're playing it way too safe. You're kind of dipping the finger in, you're dipping the toe into the pool when you need to actually just plunge. Like you need to get in there because you're going to learn so much from that process as you do so. Uh, You know, second thing is really, I think what a lot of people don't do well is they over plan uh, before they jump in and they try to get everything perfect. And again, like this is where I like, like an Eric Reese lean startup model where you just like the market is going to give you your best feedback. So stop trying to perfect everything, the website, the logo and everything else and just go out to the market because they're going to vote with their wallets. They're going to give you the best feedback in the world. So those two are really interrelated. Uh, The next thing would be just get super clear on what need your product or service feels and who does it fill it for. Um, You know, the tighter you get on that, the easier everything becomes. If you're really generalist, 
then you're going to struggle because yeah. it just looks and smells the same as everybody else. So what do you stand for that is different to everybody else? What do you stand against? Like, what are you actually going, I stand against this because it's failing in the market right now. And this is what I stand for and get tight on that because that's, and that's now. I think that's really hard for people, right? To really take a stand. Why do you think that is? Because if we want to play it safe, we're scared yeah. of, we're scared of people, uh, potentially conflict. We're going, you know, because when you stand for something, you have to stand against something and everybody wants to play it safe. I shouldn't use yeah. that language, but a lot of people want to use it, play it safe where you actually need to be contrarian. You actually need to go, well, you know, playing it safe doesn't work. Like I stand, I, I absolutely stand on a pedestal and I preach this because I see it broken. I see it wrong right now in the world. And this is why I'm promoting this product or service. Yeah, I love that. I, I think, you know, the reality is like, you'll get people to judge you or criticize you, whether you're playing it safe or whether you're going for what you want. So might as well go for what you want and take a stand, right? Want. Yeah, don't be vanilla. Like that too many people are vanilla right now. So yeah, like shout it out from the rooftops, you know, and, and make sure that people understand your unique, your unique message and your unique voice in the marketplace. I love, I love the don't be a vanilla. One of my first marketing mentors told me, uh, he goes, Xander, when it comes to marketing and sales, you want to be pistachio. <laughs> people, people either hate or love pistachio, but there is no meh on pistachio. <laughs> I like that. That's very cool. I'm using that. That's I love that. Love that. I dig it, man. I dig it. Um, cool. So, uh, I, obviously you spent, I think you said five years in, in uni, right? I did. Um, and, and obviously university taught you everything that you needed to become the, the man and the entrepreneur that you are today. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to understand what, what's something that you think you, you wish was actually taught in university that would be really helpful for people. Oh, where do I start? Like there is, there are so we can, we can just go down the list if you want, <laughs> you know, look, don't get me wrong. There were valuable things that I learned. I learned, you know, I learned a lot about anatomy and kinesiology and biomechanics and all these things that helped me initially. What I didn't learn is I didn't learn how to, I didn't learn how to think, you know, that was that that's probably the major, the major yeah. thing that I didn't learn. So what, it was like, what do, you, what do you mean? Could you expand on that? That's like a, that's a really interesting <laughs> idea. I, I need to hear more. Okay. So, you know, you, I essentially get anatomy textbook and then you go, go in, you know, recite all of this and wrote, learn it. That's not actually learning how to think uh, where what I love doing right now is I need to take a, you know, a 500 foot view of a business. And I'm like, all right, here's the moving pieces. Here's the jigsaw. Here's how they go together. Uh, and I didn't learn that. Like that's been like so the, the critical cool. thought, the problem solving. Correct. Correct. Yeah. There's absolutely zero of that uh, in my degree. And, that, you know, for me, that's probably the number one skill that I bring as a coach uh, yeah. is really that, as you said, that critical thought is seeing it and going, well, this doesn't make sense with this. And this is how you solve this problem. And that's essentially what I do. It's solve problems. And I didn't get taught how to solve problems. So that's a big piece that's missing. I, it's a huge yeah. piece that's missing. I also think like, you know, I learned a little bit. Of, I did a sport and exercise management degree as well. I learned a little bit about marketing and sales, but it's archaic. It's from a textbook yeah. written 10 years ago. Something, Man, like, something that would work in the 1950s, maybe. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, 
right now marketing is changing at a rapid warp speed like what i'm teaching today is different to what i taught six months ago which is what i different to what i taught 12 months ago the business model that i teach right now in the fitness industry has evolved from what i was teaching six to 12 months ago and the university just cannot keep up with it it's just yeah. not current and so right now the best way to learn is by studying the people that are doing it right here right now doing great things yeah. not that did great things you know look there's lessons to be learned but it's contextually it's not going to work the same so so that being said I'd, I'd love to ask you you've got three kids are they going to be going to university are you going to be looking at alternative means of education what are your thoughts yeah, look, that's a that's an interesting question. I'm going to let them choose. I'm I'm not going to decide yeah. their their journey or their fate. I I absolutely want to empower them and give them the autonomy to make decisions for themselves. If they feel like they want to, then absolutely. And look, university has a place for certain professions. Uh, yeah, you know, my partner, well, you're like your wife's a doctor. You can't well, do that without going to uni. Yeah, a hundred percent. So it it's definitely got its place. Um, but if they want to go into the entrepreneurial world. I believe there's better ways to do so. Uh, I believe there's a better path and I wish that I had that five years and went and created my own university, which was, you know, studying from studying from the greats in personal and professional development. So yeah, I'm going to let them decide. That's, that's essentially it. Like I let them decide what sports they want to play, what subjects they want to study, what musical instruments they want to play. And it will be the same when it comes to, you know, study and education and, and what path they want to go down. I love that. Uh, Dan, so I think when people think success and when they think, uh, you know, being successful, a lot of the times uh, that becomes closely tied to finances and, and money and income. Um, and, you know, so a lot of the a lot of the guests that I get to interview, we, we've, you know, have had the opportunity of becoming very financially well off. You live in the dream home. You've you've made great money over the years. Um, what is what does money actually mean to you? Yeah, look, money was always a byproduct of great work for me. So yeah. I never set the intention of going, I'm going to make X amount of million dollars or whatever else it is. Yeah. It's been the byproduct of great work. In saying that, I don't know if it happens as much in the States as it does in Australia, but money is taboo in Australia. People don't talk about making money, really. Yeah. Um, and so... I don't believe that's the right approach either. You have to have a money mindset. You know, you need to, you need to have an abundance mindset and you need to embrace making money and not shy away from it. So in terms of, you know, money and what it means to me, it's important. It absolutely is because it's a vehicle. It's a vehicle where now I can provide a really great home for my family and I. I can take them to amazing places. Uh, we give a lot to charity. I wouldn't have the means of doing so if I couldn't. Um, so I get to serve more people. I get to, uh, you know, right now there's one of our states has just gone into lockdown. Uh, Melbourne uh, and Victoria has gone into lockdown. I was able to give every personal trainer that wanted uh, access to my, my course for free because I wanted to help them out during this period. I can't yeah. do that if I'm not financially viable and if I'm not making money. So it's a great vehicle. It really is. It's a great vehicle for change. Uh, and whilst it's never the primary motivator, uh, you know, it's never the primary uh, reason you create your business, it's an important byproduct and you need to be financially savvy. And I think one of the areas I've just hired a financial coach because I know I'm good, but I can be a lot better when it comes to my money management and making money and setting myself up 
for the rest of my life and setting my family up for the rest of my life. So I would say, don't shy away. Like too many people are out there and they yeah. use these like invisible ceilings and these like self-limiting beliefs of I'm not doing it for money. Well, immediately you're setting yourself up to not make much money. Um, you know, yeah. money's not my primary motivator. Yeah, that may be true, but that shouldn't mean that you don't make money either. So, you know, there's, uh, for me, a lot of the time money's been a great scorecard. If I'm making more money, it's a really good indication that I'm solving more problems and serving yep. more people. So I was, I was going to say, you mentioned, you mentioned money's a byproduct of great work, right? So it's, it's literally just an ID marker. If you're making more money, you're doing more great work. So Correct. I love that. Correct. Yeah. And so that's a great thing, like great, doing yeah, great work, yeah. you know, let's do more great work. So exactly that, you know, exactly that. And it's been something that I've had to work on uh, in terms of that money mindset. You know, I came from, uh, you know, fairly strict kind of religious background and it was where making money was almost looked down upon. Like that was some yeah. of the, you know, that, that was some of the theology that I was exposed to. So I've had to work my way through that, but how, how did you how did you shift out of that? Because I think a lot of people have had very tough money mindset upbringings. They either think that money's you know the source of all evil, or uh, money is God, or they have very skewed ideas of that. How how did you overcome that? Yeah, look, I through through a lot of work really by seeing it, seeing the impact of it. Like, how can money yeah. be evil? When I'm seeing that I can, like, we give charity boxes, right? So we do these yeah. Christmas boxes and we set a target every year. And, you know, our target this year is 500 charity boxes. How can money be evil when I'm, like, putting a smile on 500 kids' uh, faces uh, at Christmas? Yeah. How can money be evil at that point? How can money be evil when I'm, you know, employing 20 people to do work that they love? Um, so it was really reframing it for me and seeing that there's so much good that comes from it. It's not going to be my master, uh, you know, really yeah. towards is my vision and my legacy. And, uh, but it's not going to be my master, but at the same time, I can see how powerful and impactful it is. I love that, man. Dude, I feel like I could keep talking to you for hours, but I know it's Saturday morning for you <laughs> since you're in the future and you've got some plans with your wife. Um, so the last question that I'm going to ask you is what's on the horizon for Dan Henderson and where can we learn more about you? Yeah, look, I'm looking to make some big changes. So I will be, I will be making some professional moves in terms of my companies. Uh, and really what that's going to, what that is going to do is open up more opportunities for coaching. So this is the space again, that is lighting me up the most. Uh, so where I spend most of my time is on Facebook. Uh, so if people want to connect with me, I put out content almost daily on there. Uh, so I'd love to connect. Please do so. It's just Daniel Henderson. I am on Instagram, although I'm fairly poor on Instagram. I'm the coach of coaches uh, on Instagram as well. So if you can't find me on Facebook because there's quite a few of us, find me on Instagram and then we'll put you over into the Facebook world. Uh, but I'd love to continue the conversation and, uh, and I'd love to continue uh, you know, uh, what we've started here today, Xander. Absolutely. So if you're a coach and you're looking to learn more, definitely check out Dan, Daniel Henderson on Facebook uh, and on Instagram. Uh, you will not regret it. Dan, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Thanks, man. No, I appreciate you having me, me on, man. Thank you very much. Looking forward to seeing you down under and uh, hopefully towards the end of we'll, this year. We'll get out there. We'll get out there for sure, man. I'll see you soon. See you soon. 
All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.